A big win for the Kansas City Chiefs. A much-needed win for the Chiefs. Welcome into the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzine Vesugian. And this is the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed that Chiefs win on Sunday. Uh, I know a lot of Chiefs... Chiefs fans went to the game, a lot of Vikings fans went to the game, uh, and there has been some reaction about that, but more importantly, the Chiefs picked up a big win on Sunday, a 26-23 win on a game-winning field goal from Harrison Butker as time expires, we'll talk about that, got a lot of text messages to get to, so we'll read your text as well, Zach Segna's here with us, DJ Evans will be joining us later on in the podcast as well, very exciting uh, episode we've got here. Excited to have DJ on. Uh, had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of weeks ago and uh, got a little bit of news with uh, DJ that we'll get into later on. Uh, real quickly, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. That is a Facebook page at Farzine21 on Twitter at ZStegenga. If you want to follow Zach on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast and share the links as well. And you can text the podcast at 913 808 2119. As I said, we do have some text messages. We will read those later on as well, as I have each and every episode, well, most episodes, I should say, Zach Senga is here with me, my, ho- my co-host for the Chief Zone podcast, all the way in New York City. Zach, how's it going, man? I mean, life is always good after a Chiefs win, Forrest, so, yeah, today is no different. Definitely. I, I just came, I just thought of this for a second. Has anyone ever called you Zachary before? I mean, my parents call me that when I'm in trouble. Like, growing up, like, <laughs> I knew that they were kind of a couple of different, like, you know, layers. Like, if they used Zachary, it was like, all right, I'm probably in trouble. But if they busted out the full name, I knew I'd better not be answering because I'm really in trouble. Uh, whether I was in trouble or not as a kid, it was always Farzine. So never, uh, never had that uh, first name issue going on. But nonetheless, uh, real quickly, before we get into the Chiefs and Vikings recap, I do want to address something because... Uh, I mentioned last week, no Facebook Live. In fact, Zach, uh, you and I had to delay last week's podcast. Um, and I said I'd explain... What's that? I mean, it happens. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely happens. Uh, and then I said uh, I would explain all of that why on this episode. Uh, let me just be completely honest. I've gone back and forth. Uh, there are some changes coming to this podcast. Uh, I was very close to deciding an end date for this podcast. Which I didn't want to do. Um, I know a lot of the haters would love that, but which is fine. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, there are some changes coming to the podcast. We're going to be doing not just shorter episodes. I know we've had longer episodes, and Zach and I talked about this when he came on. Look, when you got double the amount of people on, you're going to have more. Uh, I mean, you're going to have a longer duration of the podcast, uh, and especially when we have a lot of topics. Something we've done a better job of is trimming some of the topics lately. Uh, that happens. Um, so we're going to be doing the podcast once a week and it'll be just on Wednesdays. We'll do, we'll we'll record on Wednesdays, I should say. And then Thursdays you'll hear from us. We'll recap whatever game it was, whether it was on a Sunday or a Monday, and then we'll preview the uh, next upcoming game. Uh, and we won't recap too long because by then you, by the time you hear the episode, it'll be, it'll be a few days old by that point. Uh, I mentioned no more Facebook Lives, and obviously that also I mentioned no more recaps on Sundays or Monday, basically whenever the Chiefs have a game. Uh, no more podcasts after the game, and here's why. I've never really got into my personal life, and I don't want to 
do that too much on this episode because I don't want to bore you guys to death on any of that. Uh, last week was a pretty damn stressful week. And with work and everything else going on, uh, last week was a really tough week. That's why the episode was delayed. Uh, keep in mind, I mean, we're doing this for fun. I know a lot of people come to Zach and I for news. I even get, like, messages on Facebook and Twitter and emails. People are asking, uh, is so-and-so going to play this week? It's like, the the time you spent asking me that, you could have looked somewhere. And I, I appreciate people wanting me to break the news to them. But, you know, we're not news breakers by any means. I say, I love um, that you think of us as an authority, but... You know, you probably shouldn't, just because, like it or no, not, you know, neither of not. us are actually media people. I mean, Farzine actually took a run at it, but, you know, I, I'm just a business guy, so we're, we're by no means news-breaking <laughs> reporters. <laughs> no, uh, and I've done the whole media thing, and I'll explain why I'm not in there anymore, um, and I won't get into that here now. But basically, let me just explain this. Even during games, while I'm tweeting and posting on Facebook and whatnot and doing the Facebook Lives... I'm also doing a lot of other things during games. I suppose some people are as well. And I and I understand some people, you know, they wake up, they're watching pregame shows, and they're just relaxing back, watching football, and believe it, believe me guys, that's not the case for me. Uh, I'm doing a lot of things during games. Uh, work-related, I'll run an errand during the game at home. Uh, life can get hectic sometimes, and... We do put a lot of effort into this podcast, and we're going to be doing... Well, let me say this. The effort's not going to change, but uh, the amount of time we're putting in is definitely going to go down. Um, and trust me, I, I was really close to saying, you know, let's just, you know, put an end date. Let's let's shut down the podcast as soon as the Chiefs season is over. They don't want to do that. And, you know, I, I, I've met some listeners, and, uh, you know, I was actually talking to DJ, and he he knew what was going on. And he said, it "Actually, and I don't. I never told you this, Zach, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He texted me when we were recording our preview podcast. He goes, mm -hmm. I hope you're reconsidering the whole podcast thing.' Because I told him I was leaning towards stopping it, but um, he, he texted me that during the podcast. At one point, I got sidetracked. Hopefully, you guys didn't notice that. Um, I mean, to be fair, I didn't notice, so that's good." I hope I'm, I'm glad that's the case. If some uh, of our no. listeners noticed and I didn't, that probably tells you. I mean that that doesn't reflect well on me, but I mean, <laughs> that just shows that they pay really, really good attention. <laughs> or maybe maybe you were in the groove and you were talking about something, and I don't remember exactly when it was. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, the, look, I'm. It's already hectic enough as it is during Sundays. This is going to be the last uh, Sunday podcast for me, or, or from us, I should say. Uh, definitely no more Facebook Live. I may do like a Facebook Live for a really key game, uh, but I'll tell you what, man. I didn't do a Facebook Live for Sunday's game, and it was honestly kind of relaxing just being able to chill on uh, during halftime and after the game. I understand some of you guys really want to hear. Someone even tweeted me saying you should do a Facebook Live before games. Look, I'd love to, but honestly, I don't think I've had one occasion this uh, on a Sunday this year where I just relax and watch all the pregame shows. I mean, I'm always... Doing something. I, in fact, just today, I got home right before the game kicked off. So, uh, I mean, look, and I'm not trying to sit here and say I live this busy life where, uh, you know, I'm the busiest person in the world. I, I'm sure a lot of you guys are busy as well. But when you consider, you know, the business I run, and again, not going to get into that because I'm just going to bore you guys to death. And, and then doing the podcast and everything else I've got going on, it does become a lot. So, 
you know, I'm dedicated to this podcast. Zach is as well. Zach, it, 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 when, it, he was moving in New York and was going back and forth in KC in New York. He still brought his microphone to New York. In fact, you did an episode, Zach, on the day of your flight, I think on multiple occasions. I did So that, that just shows you, yeah, that just shows you how dedicated we are to this. But I think sometimes, you know, we get a little too dedicated, if we're being honest, when, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot else is going on. So, uh... Episodes are going to be shorter, and we'll be, we'll be doing them once a week. A lot of these segments we do, like, out of bounds around the NFL, we'll, 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 we'll still touch on non-Chiefs topics, just not as much. Like the um, like the Disney Plus uh, topic we had and how we kind of related it to Chiefs and sports, you know, those are fun topics to have, so we'll have those once in a while. Uh, but uh, less of that, if that makes any sense. So uh, that's just one thing to, to keep in mind with this podcast moving forward. Uh, so yeah, and I'll explain a little bit uh, later. DJ is actually going to be part of this podcast a little bit more. So again, that's a big reason why we're trying to keep things a little bit short because we'll now have a three-person podcast eventually. Uh, I'll also be doing a new podcast later on in the off season. I'll talk about that later. It's it's not going to be as big as this one. It's in fact, it's not even going to be as active. And I'll tell you one thing: once the off season does hit for the Chiefs, this is going to be a much less active podcast too. So. Uh, some changes coming. I hope you guys can understand that. You may not agree with it or like it. Totally understand. Uh, but I suppose, you know, that's better than shutting it down. I, I mentioned DJ said, you know, he said, um, you know, hopefully you're reconsidering. I, I mentioned the couple last uh, episode that I met last week from Boston. You know, one of them said, you know, please don't ever stop doing the podcast. And I've had a lot of people come up to me. Uh, I, I've had a chance to meet some other Chiefs podcasters, bloggers, and listeners. And, uh you know, they've all said, hey, look, you do a great job with the podcast, you know, please keep it going. So, uh, we'll be doing that. We'll be doing just that. All right. Uh, so, enough of it'll that. Just you guys be evolving all know what's going a little on. bit over time. And I'm sure it'll continue to be a work in progress on that front as well. Yes, for sure. For sure. But you guys all know what's going on. So, this is going to be our last recap podcast. And DJ Evans will be joining us later on as well. But before we get to that... The Chiefs picking up a big win over the Minnesota Vikings, 26-23. Harrison Bucker with a 44-yard game-winning field goal. And man, give it up to Matt Moore because he's played really well for the Chiefs. 24 of 36, 267 yards and a pair of touchdowns in this game. He's by the way, he by the way has four touchdown passes and a quarterback rating of 100.9 whereas Joe Flacco who's played almost every game except for Sunday for the Broncos, he's got six touchdowns. And he's got a quarterback rating of, I think, 85-something. It's not very good compared to Matt Moore's. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a great game. One of the reasons why Matt Moore was so good. Six catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey each had six catches for 60-plus yards in this football game. And the running game got going. Uh, Damian Williams, uh, he ran more than two yards in this football game, which was great to see. So uh, the offense really, when you have so many weapons like like Matt Moore does, filling in for Patrick Mahomes. You get kind of nervous. Can Matt Moore do it? Well, when you have all these weapons around you, yeah, it's certainly a doable task to go out there, lead the offense, and put up 26 points, even with a backup quarterback who hasn't played football uh, in more than a year, essentially. Yeah, I mean, this guy was a he was a high school coach when Chad Henney went assistant down and Andy Reid called him up. So, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, an assistant coach, no less. That is that is an important distinction there. Uh but, yeah, no, he played incredible. And, frankly, I mean, if you had told me that, you know, you would have a guy come off of a high school sideline and outplay Kirk Cousins earlier in the year, I would have probably laughed at you. But we saw it, you know, earlier today. 
Yeah, and it's really interesting just how that all panned out. I know Tyreek Hill, when he's been available for the Chiefs, boy, he has been on fire. And it's been very hard for teams to to, to stop him. And, and by the way, I said six catches. I think he had seven catches. I may have that off. Um, but Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, they each had seven catches in this game for 60-plus yards, which was good to see. And again, you know, it's hard to distribute the football to all three of those guys as much as Matt Moore did, but he did it in this game. Patrick Mahomes has done it in past games. Not a very easy thing to do, and and, and Matt Moore has done a really good job of that, and uh, Damian Williams, got to give credit to him. Uh, As I said, he was averaging, what, 2.1 yards per carry? Uh, He definitely, by the way, he had, how many yards did he have? He had 134 yards coming into this game. Then he had that 91-yard rushing touchdown where Tyreek Hill was outrunning him, which was kind of interesting to watch as that happened. I see. Uh, I don't that, know if you heard the backstory on that, but the rumor yeah. has it that uh, evidently Damian Williams had been making the claim that he was the fastest guy on the roster. So uh, I don't Hill know why you him to that. prove him wrong, which I think is hysterical. Whether or not that's actually true, I really honestly could care less because uh, I love the idea of it being true because that sounds like a Tyreek thing to do, and I think that's pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Well, it's like, don't tap him on the back. You might get scared and think it's a, a defender or something. But no, uh, luckily that wasn't the case. But he did tie Jamal Charles' uh, franchise record for longest rush, uh, which is 91 yards. Uh, and that was in 2012. So, And that was against the Saints in that big comeback win. So uh, Damian Williams now in the record books for the Kansas City Chiefs. His yard per carry average went from a 2.1 to a 3.8. Still not good, but that's a pretty big jump from what it was before. Now look, da- excuse me, Damian Williams, I mean, I think the jury's still out on him. He hasn't had a very good season. You take that 91-yard uh, touchdown away, uh, probably doesn't have a nice yard per carry average, or at least worse than what he has now, which is th- uh, 3.8. He still had a couple of runs where he fell down right before the uh, behind the line of scrimmage, so uh, still... still Jury's a bit out, uh, out on him. He had 12 carries in, in this football game, so uh, good to see him definitely step up in this football game. The the best rushing game from a Chiefs running back for sure, statistically speaking. Uh, you look at uh, LaShawn McCoy, who only had a couple of carries in this game, which I was surprised by because he has, what, a 5.4 yard per carry average? Yeah, That's the fifth Andy best among fumbles. running backs. Yeah, he does have a couple of key fumbles, and look... Uh, Jamal Charles had a lot of fumbles, and at the end of the day, it's, you know, yeah, it, 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 it can it can be damaging, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. And speaking of fumbles, I think now would be a good time to mention this, uh, McCool Hardman. Uh, a lot of people are frustrated with him because he fumbled the opening kickoff to start the second half, gave it to Minnesota, and he almost fumbled on the next kick return and on, on that weird punt return attempt, he didn't even field it when he probably should have because Minnesota managed to pin the Chiefs at the two-yard line. What are your thoughts on McCole Hardman right now and just kind of how he's handling the football with the Chiefs on special teams? I mean, realistically, I think that you know the first one was a mistake. The second one, he kind of had the yips because he got in his own head a little bit after the first one. At least that's my read on it. Uh, realistically, he's a rookie. Yo, it... I don't want to write these sorts of mistakes off and say, like, oh, it happens, it's fine. But, like, I mean, it does happen. And if it continues to happen, then we have an issue. But uh, if it's just kind of a little blip on the radar here, I'm not too, too worried about it. So I guess, you know, my thoughts on this are 
you know, the jury is definitely out here. Um, if this proves to be an issue moving forward, the good news, if you're the Chiefs, is that you still have Tyreek Hill, who is the most dynamic returner that you know has graced the league in quite some time. I mean, even though he doesn't have the stats to go up against someone like a Devin Hester or a Dante Hall or any anything like that, like find me a more dynamic returner. I'll wait because you can't. He's too fast. He's too shifty. It doesn't exist. Uh, so realistically, you know, if McCole Hardman does continue to struggle, we have an easy fix. But hopefully, the kid doesn't struggle because I think that having Tyreek focus full time on being a receiver is probably still the best play for the Chiefs. So. Hopefully the kid can get things, uh, you know, back under control here. And realistically, you know, everybody has a down game, and hopefully this was his, and he bounces back, you know, coming in strong next week. Yeah, and the the fumble he had that was on a really good kick return. I don't remember exactly what the number was, like how many yards uh, that kick return was, but he would have set up Matt Moore and the Chiefs' offense up with great field position to start things off. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, not the case. So. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you got to learn. And I know Dave Tobe's special team units has not been very good this year. A lot of fumbles on special teams, a lot of holding penalties uh, in in the return game. So that's something the Chiefs definitely need to work on. But positive note on special teams, of course, I mentioned Harrison Butker made the game-winning field goal from 44 yards out. He had another big kick before that from 54 yards, uh, the longest he's had this season. Harrison Butker making four of four field goals, made all his PATs in this game. Uh, and, and, you know, when your offense isn't doing as much, in this Chiefs offense under Matt Moore is a lot like Alex Smith. You're able to move the ball. You'll get into the end zone sometimes. But there are also times where a drive will stall and you're not able to finish drives the way you want to. But you do have a reliable kicker in Harrison Butker who will come in and make kicks for you successfully. And he did exactly that in this football game. And that was much needed for Kansas City. Absolutely. And it was... You know, certainly encouraging to see him, you know, I mean, where he had had some instances in the last couple of weeks where he's been a little shakier looking. Uh, it was good to see him come out strong, especially on that 54-yarder. Once that one went through, it was like, all right, we're doing fine here. Then when they trotted him out for the game winner, it was like, ah, oh, he made the other one. We're in good shape. Like, you know, it's, it's nice, especially this year. I was actually just talking to one of my buddies about, you know, it's I can't remember the last time we've had a year where you've had more clutch kicks get missed. Uh, it, certainly through this point in the season. I mean, like, obviously yeah. it's a big deal when they happen. You know, think like Cody Parkey's in the playoffs last year for the Bears. But I feel like that's been something that like one or two games, a, you know, it seems like one or two games a week this year have been decided by normally reliable kickers shanking it. Um, and so it was certainly encouraging to see Butker not fall prey to that. Last week was a weird week. We saw a lot of kickers during like those tw- noon games. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, noon for me, one for you. I, I keep forgetting that. I still call um, it noon, to be honest. The number of times I have shown <laughs> up in front of my TV at noon and then remembered to myself, like, right, you're on Eastern time, you idiot. Um, I can't, I can't it's even alarmingly imagine high. Um, You know, it, there were a lot of uh, field goal kickers who missed uh, a kick or a PAT, like a chip shot field goal or a PAT early on. So uh, it's an important part of the game. Special teams, we, we say it. We know it's important, but we still forget it in the moment as well sometimes. So uh, it's good to see Harrison Buckner come through, especially when the Chiefs haven't uh, thrived as much on special teams this season. And I know Harrison has had some struggles this year, so it's good to see him uh, have a big game against the Vikings. Uh, Speaking of big games, man, uh, this Chiefs defense has really come alive lately. And I wasn't really sure if we'd see any improvement with this Chiefs defense, but we have. 
The Denver game, you saw nine sacks. Okay, it's Denver. It's it's not as impressive. Then against Aaron Rodgers, he threw three touchdowns on three hundred yards. That's that's pretty. That's really good for a quarterback. That's a great stat line. But what's not on there is that Rodgers could have done a lot more. And I know he had that miraculous throw at the end of the game, but you know he got sacked five times as well. And the Chiefs pressured him all game long. Aaron Rodgers could have had a lot more. Uh, added to that stat line, and he didn't because of that Chiefs defense. Then you have the best running back in the NFL on Dalvin Cook, and then the uh, fourth best uh, receiver in Stephon Diggs in terms of receiving yards, uh, who had, by the way, 453 yards in the last three games. He had just one catch for four yards in this game, and I gotta be honest, I don't even remember when he had those uh, four yards. Charvarius Ward had a big game. Dalvin Cook ran 21 times for 71 yards. That's a 34 Yard per carry average, so big ups to the rush defense as well. Chris Jones returned after missing a couple of games with a groin injury. This was by far his best game as a Chief, in my opinion. Uh, He had this weird sack where, I mean, he didn't actually take down uh, Kirk Cousins. He actually pushed the offensive lineman back into Cousins, which I think is even more impressive if you ask me. Uh, Still counts as a sack for Chris Jones. Uh, and I know Emmanuel Ogba, even if Chris Jones didn't do that, Ogba was right there to take down Cousins. Uh, but he still, Chris Jones still managed to get to Cousins a couple of more times in this football game. This is the Chris Jones I'm willing to pay a lot of money to. This Absolutely, is the Chris Jones like, that had an incredible season last year where he had, what, uh, 10, 11, 12 games in a row with a, with a sack. Uh, this is a much-needed game the Chiefs needed, defensively speaking. Without a doubt. I mean, I was... I mean, I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast, frankly, that, you know, it was certainly encouraging to see the way the team came out against Denver and really showed up on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but that was, I mean, you know, I kind of wrote parts of that off because Denver's offensive line has been, you know, I mean, shoot, Garrett Bowles might be the only left tackle in the league who gets more holding penalties per game than Cameron Irving, um, with the exception <laughs> of today, which, I mean, to be fair, he didn't get as many holds, but he also got smoked by Everson Griffin more than a few times, especially down the stretch. Separate discussion. Uh, But, no, Chris Jones played incredibly well. uh, And one of the guys who I have given nothing but smack since especially the Indianapolis and uh, Houston games back-to-back was Derek Nottie. And I have to give him a shout-out this week because he did a very nice job coming up big in the rush uh, rush defense. Uh, As well as Colin Saunders has really started to come on a little bit. So, Seeing some encouraging signs from the defensive front, and honestly, you know, as a former defensive lineman, I know that Chris Jones has to relish that particular sack of Kirk Cousins a little bit more, because there is nothing funnier than when you throw the offensive lineman into the guy he's supposed to protect. Like, it's the best feeling in the world, (laughs) almost better than actually just sacking the quarterback, because, I mean, you know, when you sack the quarterback, that's, I mean, still a great feeling, don't get me wrong, but... You know, it's like when you're an offensive lineman and you get the pancake block where it's like, you know, the guy you've been going up against all game uh, and you really get to you know, just kind of assert your dominance there and be like, yeah, I own you, at least for this play. Chris Jones got to do that and also get the sack for his troubles. So that was pretty fun to watch. I was going to add uh, to your list of defensive lineman Mike Pennell, who joined the Chiefs just two weeks ago. Uh, he's been he's been playing well for, for the Chiefs also, and he's a reason for Kansas City's defense getting better for a guy who just joined two weeks ago certainly having a big impact defensively and that is very important to, to, to note uh, with this Chiefs defense only seven combined penalties in this game Kansas City had four of them Minnesota had three and this is also a very important stat line by the way 
time of possession, 31 minutes and 48 seconds in favor of Kansas City. That has killed Kansas City in a lot of games this year. So it's good to see that back now when Patrick Mahomes returns and when we see a lot of one play or two play touchdown drives on, on, on offense, that does worry me a bit. And I know you mentioned that as well, Zach. And I, th- I I think DJ mentioned that as well. And we'll get to DJ shortly. Uh, but, you know, you got to help your defense out a little bit as well. I think them not being on the field as much, again, that's not something you see on the stat line. I'm sure there's a time of possession stat, but it's not something we notice much. Uh, that can play a factor as well. Certainly can play a factor as well. But hey, look. This Chiefs defense showed up against a Vikings offense that had the best rusher in the league, a top five receiver, and a quarterback with the second best passer rating behind Russell Wilson, who a lot of people are saying is the MVP. The offense showed up against a Vikings defense that is in the top 10 in just about every category. This is by far the best win of the season for the Chiefs. It it absolutely is. Uh, Just because of the fact that it was a full team win, it didn't rely on, you know, just Mahomes, Wizardry, or anything like that. Uh, it was entirely a team effort, and the way that we locked up, you know, I mean, it can't be understated how you know big of a step it was for this rush defense to contain Dalvin Cook, who up to this point has been absolutely lighting the league on fire. Uh, and plain and simple, I expected him to do nothing less against us today because, I mean, again, historical performance on both sides. Uh, yeah, it, logically speaking, that's what what probably should have happened on paper today, but it's also just goes to show that games aren't played on paper. Uh, and the Chiefs defense really stepped up in a big way. Uh, and it certainly gives me a lot of uh, you know confidence moving forward to see that, all right, we can do this and we can do this against real, you know, not to you know belittle the Broncos by not calling them a real team, but we can't pretend that, you know, what they did today isn't more impressive than what they did in Denver a few weeks ago. Let us know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzee Vesugian at Farzee21 and at ZStegna913-808-2119 as promised. Uh, got a lot of text messages, so let's do a speed round of these here. By the way, I got a couple of texts where people are just, you know, saying in capital letters, Tyreek or Go Chiefs. I'm not going to read those on. I mean, I technically I just did. Uh, but we're not going to spend the time to, you know, say who it's from and whatnot because, you know, we're looking for commentary on these kinds of things. But nonetheless, uh, out of the 626, our first text message, Daniel from uh, Florida, uh, the defense the last two weeks have kept us in the game. Is this a turn in the right direction for them? And we kind of just mentioned that, Zach. This defense has gotten better the past couple of weeks. Uh, I know the stat line from the Packers game, not a representation of that, but when you look at what they did in that game, it's certainly, I think Daniel makes a good point. Yeah, they certainly did have a hand in helping the Chiefs uh, at least have a chance to win this football game. They certainly did. And it feel it. I mean, this now being kind of three in a row uh, in terms of, you know, games where we've seen the defense really show out. Uh, I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic here. I think that it does certainly look like they've turned a corner and it's only going to get better as they continue to get healthier. Italy from Topeka out of the 785. Uh, My heart hurts after that game. The team is going to be insane when we get to full strength. How about Butker? Everyone doing their part to win this game. Gotta love it. Uh, Let me just say this, because I hear a lot of people saying, well, once the Chiefs are fully healthy, things are going to get going. You know, is there such thing as being fully healthy? Because... I don't care if it's week one or the preseason training camp or even as far back as OTAs. Every team is dealing with some sort of injury. 
or maybe even more. Some teams are dealing with it worse than others. Uh, I mean, look, the Chiefs just won a game without Patrick Mahomes uh, and against a very good Vikings football team that won four straight coming into this game. So, uh, in fact, Anthony Lynn of the Chargers said it's never an excuse because the team leading the division right now, the Chiefs, are dealing with a lot of injuries. I mean, you're hearing someone else in the AFC West say it's not an excuse because of what the Chiefs are doing right now. But here we are saying that we could have won more games if we were fully healthy. Everyone's dealing with injuries right now, so I don't ever think that's an excuse when you're losing football games. I mean, I think that it shouldn't be the only excuse. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I think that it is certainly, I mean, it it comes down to me, at least for me, it comes down to the difference between the starter and its backup, if that makes sense. Uh, So, you know, the drop-off from Mahomes to Matt Moore is obviously problematic if you're the Chiefs. Uh, And don't get me wrong, Moore has done a great job but we can't pretend that that's a massive drop off and i think that you know it, it comes down to you know the impact that injuries have it comes down to the next man up sort of situation if you've got a team that the next man up is absolutely qualified and capable uh, you know th- it, it's less of an excuse but you know there are some players out there whose production you really can't replace effectively um and i think you know it's it's not wrong to suggest that the chiefs have had you know a pretty tough run of injuries when you really think about it i mean if you look at the difference between eric fisher and cam irving for example that's a problem uh and with that being fixed i think you know we're going to have you know a little bit more success but if you look at some of the interior offensive linemen where we've had some injuries but we've had some guys step up and do a pretty solid job well that's less of a problem if that makes any sense out of the 816 clint in blue springs defense keeping Dalvin Cook pinned up is the story here. More playing out of his mind. Uh, Sammy Watkins with OBJ type of catches. Cheetah uh, outrunning everybody, even our own players. Uh, love the heart the guys showed today. Uh, you know, let's talk about Sammy Watkins because we haven't talked too much about him. I know a lot of people don't like the contract that he has and the amount of games he's missed with the Chiefs, and I understand that, but man... When he is available, and we mentioned he had six catches along with Kelsey, whereas, uh, or not whereas, but Tyreek Hill had seven catches. I mean, he's contributing, and not like one or two catches here and there. I mean, he had a pretty big game to help the Chiefs offense move forward without their star quarterback. And I think that's pretty important to note and kind of makes you wonder what does happen uh, with Watkins. What do the Chiefs do with Sammy Watkins' contract situation moving forward? I'm not sure what they do moving forward, but you know, while I understand the criticism that Watkins has gotten given just the sheer you know, number of dollars that he's making versus number of games he's played, one thing I think remains you know really uncontestable here, and that's the fact that when it comes to strictly his hands, the Chiefs have not had a receiver this good in a very, very long time. I mean, he truly, his hands are a gift. Uh, now, if his feet could just stay healthy, we'd really be in business, but... His hands are incredible. Uh, Out of the 417, huge win today against a good Vikings team. The Chiefs held the Vikings rushing attack to only 71 yards. With our defense starting to emerge, uh, we are in a great position for the second half of the season. Go Chiefs. That is from Grant T. in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, and not a whole lot to say about that. Uh, You know, the, the second quarter of the season for the Chiefs, certainly not a not a memorable one, a forgettable one. But hey, look. You snap that losing streak at home, which, you know, it's a big deal in Kansas City. And you got to get off to a good start in the second half because you were in November now. And that is when the playoff race is going to start to heat up. 
100%. And I think that, you know, I think in the course of the season, having Mahomes go down for a brief period of time might not actually be the worst thing that ever happened to us because I think that, you know, the clear difference that you see in Chiefs teams, you know, pre-Broncos game and post-Broncos game is that, you know, when Mahomes has been out, obviously we haven't been able to use him as the crutch that he's been in the past. And it's forced other, you know, aspects of our team to step up. And I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they have definitely risen to that occasion. And I think that it leads to a much more balanced football team moving forward that doesn't just have to rely on Mahomes doing Mahomes things for us to win games. 816, Corey here. Great team win. Uh, Our defense made crucial stops when we needed it and stopped the NFL's rushing leader from a 100-yard game. Uh, Moore was efficient and managed the game well, very similar to Alex Smith's style performance. Uh, Tyreek, Sammy, Travis, and Damian were all awesome and each made big-time plays. Yeah, not a whole lot to say, and I know we've covered a lot of that. Uh, you know, I did get a tweet from someone asking, you know, because of the, the the way Matt Moore played and if the Chiefs win, should the Chiefs rest Patrick Mahomes for one more game? And, you know, my thought to, uh, of that is, look, if he, simply, if he's available and healthy, yeah, you play him. I get Matt Moore had a great game, but you don't reward a backup for another game uh, just because he won. You know, if your starter's available, you bring your starter back. You couldn't agree with you more. I mean, especially just because it's Mahomes we're talking about here. And if he's truly healthy, I mean, I as I've said many times before, if it would be detrimental to his long-term outlook to bring him back sooner, we should wait. But if it has no bearing on the long-term prognosis, if you will, then it's time to bring him back as soon as he's ready. It's that simple. 805 shouldn't have even been that close. Need to hold on to the football. They did better at covering the running backs in passing situations, but can do better. Also much improved defense with Chris Jones in there. Uh, Look, I I think, you know, and I don't know who sent this text in, but I think that's a little bit nitpicking there. I mean, look, the defense has to start somewhere. And holding this dynamic Vikings offense to 23 points, I mean, I, I had them scoring 40 at Arrowhead. And for them to not be able, not even let them even get close to that when a, this Vikings team is very well capable of that, I'd say they, they, they certainly, you know, you get a passing grade from me at least. And I mean, I'm no scout, I'm, 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 not, I'm not a coach or anything, but I, I, it doesn't take a scout or a coach or a general manager to be impressed with what the Chiefs defense did in this football game. That's exactly right. The fact that, you know, Yes, are there obvious opportunities to improve? Of course. But Every game. That's exactly right. You know, there's never going to be the perfect game out there. Uh, there's always going to be things that can be improved upon. And don't get me wrong, I think you know there's a solid you know statement that could be made saying that you know the Chiefs' defense looked really good because Kirk Cousins made a lot of mistakes and missed a lot of throws that would have really made him look bad. That's certainly yeah. true. But to the you know flip side of that coin. The Chiefs defense did a great job making Cousins uncomfortable and preventing him from really stepping into some of those throws and putting it right where he needed to. So, you know, I understand the nitpicking and I love the perfectionistness of that because that's a one way to certainly get really good if you shoot. We for would perfection. all love that. I mean, I, I hear you there, but at the same time, you know, it's okay to stop and enjoy it for a minute too when things are going well. And look, I get, yeah, and I agree with you. You know, the perfectionist part is nice. Listen, we may not see it ourselves, but even when Mahomes has like a big game, three, four, five, six touchdown game, believe it or not, 
when they go into the film room the next day, the coaches are letting him know what he did wrong. So, you know, coaches go through these things because they want to be able to improve in certain situations and they want to make sure you don't, they don't, this player won't make that same mistake moving forward. So, uh, even when you, when you, like the Patriots, for example, you know, they blow, they've been blowing out a lot of teams. I guarantee you, Belichick is still in there in the film room showing what they did wrong in a lot of areas. We may not think that's even the case, but trust me, that kind of stuff is happening, uh, especially when we least would expect a team to do anything like that. Uh, out of the 6-2-0, thought before the game, the Chiefs' defense needs to take away Cook and make Cousins use his arm to beat them. Felt like they did exactly that. Should be the case next week. When you take Henry away and make Tannehill beat you, easier said than done, though. Yeah, well, we'll get into the uh, Chiefs and Titans game uh, uh, later this week. And, and again, this will be the last time we have two podcasts a week. But uh, we'll, we'll touch on that for um, for Wednesday's episode, or Thursday's episode, I should say. Out of the two more texts left, uh, 919, great home win. Tyreek with a big game. Butker with a clutch kick. Matt Moore was solid. I like the pace of the offense to keep the defense rested. Great win overall. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Tavari Hill from North Carolina. Yeah, the, the balance is very important, Zach. We haven't had that in Kansas City. It's always been a great defense or a great offense. It's never been both at the same time since Andy Reid's gotten here. That's very true. And I think that yeah, this certainly, I mean, knock on wood, uh, looks to be the first season where we really do have a level of balance there. Uh, and I'm certainly... Uh, yeah, certainly encouraged by what I've seen today, and I really just hope they continue to build on it moving forward. Out of the 917, Gary from Lebanon, Missouri, now in Warner Robins, Georgia. I understand your criticism of the defense so far, but after this game, do you think we uh, were on an upswing uh, with the defense and offense getting a break, and with a bye, are we poised to peak at the right point? You know, I think... The, the bye week, it's never ideal to have it as late as the Chiefs are having. But at the same time, it kind of is because when you look at December, you have three home games. Uh, you have two big road games. Well, we thought the Chicago game was going to be a big one. Uh, it's probably going to get flexed out of Sunday Night Football, if we're, if we're being honest. But you got that big Patriots game on the road. Then, then for your home games, you got all divisional opponents at home. So I do think the timing of the improvement is kind of falling at the right place. Sometimes you just got to be lucky with all of that. Uh, so I would, I would say, yeah, it's definitely uh, the, the peak is happening at a, I guess at the right time to answer the question. I think it absolutely is given that again, it's like I said earlier, giving the defense, you know, this opportunity that they've had with Mahomes out to really step up and make a difference uh, and show that, you know, yeah, we can be relied upon to, help the Chiefs win games. It's tremendously important for their confidence as a unit, and I think that it'll continue to bode well as we move forward. And, I mean, as the offense gets healthy, I mean, realistically, we've been doing okay without Mahomes, but, I mean, there's no one out there who doesn't think we're about to get a whole heck of a lot better the minute number 15 suits back up. A lot of text messages, so I appreciate you guys who texted in. 913-808-2119. If you do send in a text... And we don't read it. It's probably because you sent it right after we recorded the podcast. So we'll save your text for Thursday's episode. Uh, Again, 913-808-2119. Shoot us a text for the next episode if you weren't able to get it in for this episode.
Joining us right now on the Chiefs Stone Podcast on the phone lines right now. If you listen to other Chiefs podcasts, you've heard him out in Chiefs Podcast Universe, and he'll be part of this podcast very soon. Uh, very excited to have this guy part of the Chiefs Stone team. So very excited to have him, DJ Evans. Joining us here on the podcast, you can follow him on Twitter at ChiefsFanShy, C-H-I. He's in Chicago, so he'll be, we'll, we'll have all the major cities covered, which will be a lot of fun. But nonetheless, DJ Evans joining us here on the Chiefs on Podcast. DJ, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I This is the first podcast I've ever listened to for, uh, well, actually, period, not just Chiefs. But nice. nice. It's, it's, really, it's really exciting to be part of this, and... Uh, I always catch you guys. So, no, I appreciate that. I was I was mentioning uh, to Zach uh, at the beginning of the episode. You know, I, I've had you know you and I met a couple of weeks ago with a couple of other uh, podcasters and bloggers, which was very cool. We met Anthony Stratton uh, from Arrowhead Guys and uh, uh, Mark uh, and I. Oh gosh, uh, I, how do you say his last name? Messy me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 anyone. Uh, I think it's. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even going to attempt it. He gave me crap for it once before. So, uh, but, but no, I met him. Oh, your, I'm still having trouble with your name. That, that's okay. Everyone does. I gotta say, uh, but nonetheless, nice to have DJ joining because all of his names are easy to say. No, Mark was um, uh, Mark was there, uh, and uh, he he's been a long time listener as well. Uh, he's been listening for a long time, and I've met a couple of other uh, listeners this season, uh, which I normally haven't done that before. So it's very cool to see. Uh, all of that. So definitely good to have you on. Uh, you're a chief season ticket holder, correct? True. Very true. Now, well, yeah, I, uh, I bought, uh, season tickets a year ago. Um, and the reason why I bought them was I watched week 17 of 2017. So Mahomes' first game. And I inquired and I was like, you know what? I thought they were going to be like overpriced, like crazy ridiculous. They're really not, and so I I got them, and it was the perfect time to get them. It's certainly a smart investment, especially last year. Now you're you're making the drive all the way from Chicago. Now, first of all, how long is the drive from Chicago to Kansas City? It's seven hours. Um, oh dang! And um, just to translate, though, that's how you know he's from Chicago because coming from Kansas City to Chicago, that's an eight-hour drive. But for a Chicago driver, it's a seven-hour drive. I know. I was raised by two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Cut people off. It's, it's Chicago traffic. Like, you, you know what you have to do. And mostly I, I make my wife, who also is on Twitter, Lauren, make most of the drive. <laughs> now, the reason I bring this up is because I guess, you know, there's a little battle going on on Twitter right now because, you know, why would you ever trade your tickets or sell your tickets, I should say. But now, uh, and, and I assume you sold your tickets because, look, I mean, you, you're in Chicago, you know, making that drive every other weekend for home games. It's, it can be kind of a it, 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 it can be time consuming for sure. And I know you're very busy in your personal life and what you do for work and all. But I mean, do you even know who you're selling your tickets to if you put them online? Let's be honest. I have no idea. Um, I use the NFL ticket exchange um, app, and uh, you know, you, you you probably have seen this on Twitter. I've I've made this comment. Really, and look at it today. So there were a lot of Vikings fans um, at the game today, and lo and behold, we won the game. Um, so I guess. I, I think people 
put too much stock into that home field advantage and the, the crowd noise. I've, I've been to those games. I've been to so many games where I've lost my voice and I don't get it back for another week. And we lost those games. Like we were, I was at the Colts game. I was at the Texans game and we lost those games. So I don't really, I, I, I think teams have adjusted. I think the league has adjusted to, um, you know, the whole home field advantage crowd noise kind of thing. Uh, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal anymore. I actually consider this kind of jokingly, but not so much as a road game for us. <laughs> and we won. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were at one point they were showing the Vikings skull chant that I guess one of the players got the fans to start doing it. And I know Charvarius Ward, he had like a back and forth, a weird back and forth with a fan on social media. So, uh, that was uh, that was very interesting to see. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, overall with the with the way the Chiefs have been playing? Because uh, they had they started off four and despite dealing with a lot of injuries, and Chiefs fans were bragging about the fact that you know they are winning football games despite a lot of players being absent. But now when they ran into that wall and started losing a few games here and there. Uh, People started bringing up the injuries after bragging about how the team was doing well while injured uh, in a lot of areas. Uh, and now they pick up a big win against, in my opinion, probably the best team you will play, not named the New England Patriots this season. Uh, what's your takeaway with all of that? I, I So I I came into this game thinking it's a winnable game. Um, the Vikings have been weird. They started off pretty like average to below average. Um, Cousins was crazy good the last few weeks. But I also looked at it like he's kind of a guy you can get to. He's not Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Um, so I thought we would be able to get to him and, you know, put pressure on him. He missed a lot of throws today. Like there were there were five or six throws I thought that he just he was just off and could have changed the whole ball game. And he just missed those. Um, our defense, I was actually pretty impressed with, except for, which I think everybody would agree, <laughs> we have a problem covering running backs. We are terrible against screen passes. Like that, I don't know why they didn't keep doing that, because every time they did a screen pass, we could not cover that. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. But I was mostly impressed with, our ability to um, get pressure on him. Uh, we got a couple, I think we got a couple of sacks on him. Probably should have had a pick, which we were not, we have not been really good with turnovers this year, but I was pretty okay with the defense. Couldn't agree more. Uh, that said, you know, I just wanted to quick get my little two cents in on the, uh, you know, selling off to Vikings fans or what have you. I, I understand the you know notion of selling off tickets to you know, whoever, but the minute another team's fan base is able to start their chant in your stadium, that's a problem. I don't know. That's just my – maybe I'm a little too, uh, you know, still in on the glory days of Chiefs home field advantage because, let's be honest, that's the last time I had tickets was like, you know, Dick Vermeil era uh, when I was a little kid, and I still remember it, you know, as Arrowhead at its peak. But yeah, the notion of the Vikings getting their skull thing in, uh, in our stadium, I cannot abide that. But 
I guess I'm curious. You know, one of the things that we've heard a lot of people uh, you know, talking about is like, hey, you know, we've got the defense starting to you know, really step up. You know, you think we're peaking at the right time here, DJ? So before the season started, I was looking at the defense. I knew we weren't going to be really good to start. It's, it's a growing process. So I was expecting to see improvement around week eight, which now we're – this is week nine. So – and I think we're actually getting better. I mean, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is really, really good, right? I mean, he's, he's a very good running back. And we kept him in check today. Uh, for the most part. So I I think the defense is getting better. Chris Jones, here, you know what? May Culpa, I was like, you probably don't need him a few weeks ago. We need that guy. Uh, we should sign him. He made a big difference today. He was huge for our defense. And Pesno, like, he, 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 he has been really, really good the last couple weeks. Bob Sutton didn't really get much out of him, and probably because he wasn't playing him in the right position, uh, kind of like Justin Houston was not even played in the right position. I think I think that we are seeing that Spags is actually putting guys in the positions they need to be in. It takes a while for a new defense coordinator to come in and bring those guys and put them in the positions they need to be in to be successful. And I think it's going to be better over the next few weeks. I think we're we're seeing a trend upward for our defense. I mean, I certainly hope so. I guess I'd be curious, you know, from from where you're sitting, what do you think has been the biggest key addition, you know, of of all the, you know, obviously we brought in, you know, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew and uh, you know, just to help shore up the defense, but you know, when it comes to the new additions, whether they be draft picks or signees, who do you think has been like the biggest impact to really catalyze the change on this defense? Uh, player wise, I think I actually think it is Tyron Matthew. Um, he, I think he's a guy that knows where to be. Like he he knows the positions where he needs to be. He um, every 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 time I've watched him, he's in a position where he can make a tackle. The other guys that I've seen, like Rashad, like Breland, has been actually surprisingly good for us. Uh, Claiborne, I you know Claiborne, I haven't really seen much from him, uh, but Tyron Matthew has been the guy that we needed because we, let's face it, last year our safeties were terrible. We had nothing back there, and we were waiting for Airberry for week to week, <laughs> day to day whatever you want to call it. I'll say, is he still designated as day-to-day? I feel like he probably is. He's probably. Well, I, think, I think he's designated as retired <laughs> because <laughs> nobody wants to sign him, which is sad because I really like Eric Berry. Like, and I'll say this. I bought his jersey at the AFC. I was at the game for the AFC Championship game, and I bought his jersey there uh, for that game because I knew he was playing, and it was not a good day for him. So... Honey Badger, I think, has given an identity to the defense. Frank Clark, you know, he obviously he's been dealing with something. It, it, it's weird. You don't want to ever say that you're glad that you hear that somebody's hurt, but when you hear that he's been dealing with something for the whole year, it makes you wonder, like, oh, okay, he, he's been dealing with something. That's why he hasn't been playing well, because I looked at it and I was like, what the hell is wrong? with Frank Clark because he, he he wasn't 
he wasn't Frank Clark. Uh, and people were like, well, why did you get rid of D Ford when you could have had D Ford instead of Frank Clark and given up that draft capital? So I'm hoping Frank Clark will come back and be uh, the guy he was with Seattle, and I think he will. Um, but I think Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, has been the most important part for our defense so far. What do you think of special teams right now? Because under Dave Tobe, it hasn't been very good with the returns. And again, it sounds weird. We're even having a discussion about special teams, but it has made a negative impact more times than not. But Harrison Butker, I mean, amazing day for him. But as far as the returns go, we haven't had uh, a dominant return game. I remember, you know, one uh, one year we had Niall Davis, Quinton Demps, and Dexter McCluster all score a touchdown on punts or kickoff returns. And we're not really seeing that dominant return uh, game anymore from Kansas City. Uh, what do you make of that? And, and, and who do you think the Chiefs should put out there? Or do you think they should continue to let McCall Hardman take uh, punts and kickoffs back? You know, McCall, <laughs> I was pining for him a few weeks ago. Like, have that guy returning kicks, have that guy returning punts, get rid of that. And then today, McCall was not good uh, returning kicks. Like, he was just not good. And I actually, on Twitter, I was, <laughs> like, literally saying, like, please do not let him return any more kicks. But he actually will, like, he can be a really good punt returner, kick return for the Chiefs. Um, but our our return team has been bad this year. Like, we, we are, and I think it speaks volumes that they put, uh, Tyreek back there, um, you know, late in the game because they, I think, I think they realized that you, he, he, he actually changed the game in the, in the fourth quarter. There was no way they were kicking to him and they didn't, they kicked the ball out of bounds. I think he had two chances to get, uh, punts in the fourth quarter and they kicked the ball out of bounds both times. So I, 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 Went into the season hoping that they would um, play McColl as a punt returner more because I wanted Tyreek to be our number one wide receiver and not be doing the punt returning and possibly get hurt. But I'm a little disappointed in McColl because I, I expected a little bit more from him. I mean, he made a good return, uh, that one kick return, right at the start of the second half. and the, he fumbled. The ball. That's, a, that's a killer. Like, yeah. That's a killer. That killed it. That's a, that's a touchdown. Um, it was six points because they missed the extra point, but that's a, that's a killer, and it's not the first time he's done that. So, and then the next time he gets the ball, he will fumble the ball again. You can't. You cannot have that happen. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on with special teams. Like Dave Tobe is the special teams guru, but it's been bad this year, and it's not just McCole Hartman. It's been the whole. I don't. I, Anthony Thomas. I'm not sure why, why we signed him back. Um, he was a guy that I hope would be a Tyreek Hill type of guy before we got Tyreek Hill, and he never was that guy. Been hurt a lot in that, but uh, you're right. I mean, it, it special teams has been pretty pretty rough this year. Yeah, it's been pretty tough. Uh, but you know, hopefully this Chiefs team can uh, pick, can pick it up soon because you know with November. You know, now fully underway and 
before we know it, it'll be December. Uh, I mean, the playoff race is, is heating up now, and this is going to be a time where, you know, you're going to need all three phases coming through for you. Uh, DJ, we'll talk to you a lot more, and you'll be on the podcast more frequently with us. So, very excited to have you on. Definitely looking forward to that. If anyone wants to follow you on Twitter, they can do so at ChiefsFanChai, C-H-I, Chicago, essentially. Uh, ChiefsFanChai, you can follow DJ Evans on there. Hey, DJ, appreciate you making time for us here on the podcast. And like I said, we'll definitely have you on more frequently, and uh, very excited to have you on soon. Uh, excited to be on, and thanks for having me on, guys. All right, take care, DJ. Thank you, guys. All right, there you have it. That's DJ Evans. He'll be joining us here on the podcast soon, so very excited to have him part of our team. Uh, sometimes it'll be, you know, two of us. Maybe it'll be me and Zach or me and DJ or D, uh, DJ and Zach for an episode. Uh, sometimes you'll hear from all three of us, so uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Zach, it's been a lot of fun, uh, but we are going to go back to doing this to... Once a week, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, and, you know, DJ will eventually join us and uh, got a big win. So uh, we're hoping to make it uh, hoping to make it two for two. Uh, have they released the betting lines yet for for uh, next Sunday's game against the Titans? I haven't seen it, but given that the Titans just dropped one down to uh, the Panthers, I would imagine that the Chiefs will be coming out. I mean, this, of course, assumes that Mahomes is playing. We'll be at least a touchdown favorite. I'd be shocked if we were anything less, but I'm looking for the betting line as we speak. I, I think even with Matt Moore, you are favored over the Titans, and I know the Titans have been a thorn in Kansas City's side uh, in the last couple of meetings, uh, which we don't need to go over too much of, uh, but nonetheless, uh, I think it'll be good. But uh, we'll do it on Thursday, and we will preview the game between the Chiefs and... The Titans. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast of Farzim Vasugian. Big thanks to DJ Evans for joining us. Appreciate all of you guys who sent in a text. 913-808-2119. Facebook.com slash Farzim Vasugian. That's my Facebook page. Follow me at Farzim21 on Twitter and Zach at Stenga. Again, a big thanks to everyone for listening to the episode. Share the links. Spread them on social media. Let your friends know about the Chiefs on Podcast. Until then... We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Enjoy your week.